Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton is a champion of the Tea Party who kept the Obama administration in court suing over executive immigration orders, the Clean Power Plan, and Labor Department rulings. Now he's in court as a criminal defendant accused of securities fraud and failing to register as a securities advisor. And Paxton suffered a double setback this week as a judge ordered his trial moved out of his home district and refused to dismiss his case. Bloomberg News reporter Laurel Calkins has been following all things Paxton. Paxton. Laurel, tell us about the case against Paxton. Well, Paxton, as you said, is accused of doing two things. One is uh, not telling investors that he was being compensated to recruit them, and he was paid $100,000 of stock in a friend's company to go out and find new money for him. That's a felony violation, if it's true. The other thing he's accused of is actually a misdemeanor, failure to register with the state as an investment advisor. The catch with that one is he's actually admitted doing that uh, with regards to a different set of investors back in 2014. At that time, he paid a small fine and went on to be elected Texas Attorney General. Well, Laurel, the judge kind of dealt him a couple of blows recently. What, what did the judge rule in his case? Well, the judge, uh, the biggest thing the judge did was take away his home court advantage. Uh, and uh, under Texas rules, you have to, a public official on a corruption count and uh, a securities violation like this, you have to be tried in your home county. Well, his home county uh, backs him pretty heavily. He's been elected there by wide margins, and he knows every county official there. And the allegation was that uh, his political backers had been waging a publicity campaign against the prosecutors personally and in favor of, of uh, Ken Paxton to try to make people think it was a political witch hunt, which is kind of funny because if the charges are brought in his home county, uh, which is a very Republican district, it would hardly be seen as a political witch hunt. There's something but they really took away his home court advantage. There's something really unusual here. Prosecutors complaining that they're not being paid. Tell us about that. Right. That is rather unusual. Uh, the prosecutor in the home county had to recuse himself and step aside because he was a friend of Paxton's. So uh, they brought in special prosecutors from outside the state. Uh, outside, I'm not outside the state. I'm sorry. Outside the district. And they agreed to uh, take a haircut on their own personal rate to do the the state a favor and investigate Ken Paxton. Well, once a year, they've been submitting invoices uh, to the local county to get paid. They got paid the first time, but then when they submitted their invoices for 2016, the county balked, and some of Paxton's supporters are believed to be behind that effort to stop the prosecutor's paychecks. The prosecutor said, well, we're not going to work for free, so uh, maybe you need to replace us and you know, get somebody who will work for free or maybe stop the case until that time we get paid. That issue is still up in the air, but uh, the, pro- the judge yesterday refused to stop the case. So uh, it's going to remain to be seen whether the prosecutors will work for free now and, and go ahead and try Paxton or whether some deal can be made to get him paid. Well, how serious are the charges against Paxton? What's he really facing here? Well, it it seems like a rather uh, small offense, but it actually carries a risk of 99 years in prison if he's convicted on all counts. So uh, he could lose his law license, uh, even if he's convicted on the misdemeanor, I believe, on uh, failure to register. Uh, It's not clear that if he loses his law license, whether he'd have to step down as Texas Attorney General, but clearly if he's convicted on the felony counts, he would lose that as well, as go to prison. Laurel, a federal judge dismissed similar civil allegations by the U.S. security regulators. Does that augur well for him in this case? Well, he certainly wants everyone to think that it will. (laughs) 
the the federal standard was a little bit different. Um, first of all, it was a civil case, not a criminal case. So uh, the burden of proof is a bit different, and the rules were a bit different. The federal judge said, well, you didn't break federal securities laws, even though you had an ethical duty to tell the investors that you were being paid to recruit them. Um, under state securities laws, it remains to be seen whether a jury thinks that's against the law or not. Laurel Calkins, it's a pleasure to talk to you again. We haven't talked since Exxon. That's how long ago it was. But uh, your reports are always fabulous, especially she covers everything about Texas. She knows all about the Texas courts, Michael. We, it, you sure, it certainly sounds you get that into way trouble when we talk down to her, doesn't it? <laughs> so coming up on Bloomberg Law, we're going to be talking about what the National Institute of Justice has called this nation's silent mass disaster, 85,000 missing people. And we'll talk to a lawyer who helps the families of the missing get through the legal complications that can entangle their lives for years. Michael, people don't realize that when someone goes missing, it throws the family into a complete limbo. Well, there are thousands of people in the country who who face this, and it's a, sort of one of these great unknown problems. And yeah, if you if somebody disappears in your family and you're supposed to get life insurance or you need to continue their health coverage or whatever, how do you do it if nobody knows where they are? We're going to find out from a lawyer who's been helping people do this. 